love has done its part. And let him reign in my life and my heart. If love has done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. Well, Lee, this uh, week we've got a, a really exciting broadcast, I think, because it's going to be geared towards dads. And so, um, dads, if you're listening, you know, turn up the speakers. Uh, moms, if you're listening, don't turn it off. Just record it so that dad can hear it later, uh, because this is going to be really about how fathers can help their sons um, really develop masculinity, grow up to be a a well-rounded, healthy man, because, Lee, didn't you say that some of the things that you hear from a lot of parents is, I'm so scared that my son, or even my daughter, but mainly you know, my son, is going to one day say to me, Dad, I'm gay. Sure, sure. I, you know, and it's interesting because this this uh, concept kind of came to me. I mean, it's it's always been something that I've I've wondered about and studied about and prayed about, but you know, just the idea for this show kind of came to me as I've been working with a couple of uh, young guys that I see in counseling and just, you know, just the the desires of that young boy's heart for their father to know who they are. Mm. And I and I and I, this is not just a show for uh, for fathers who may have sons who struggle with homosexuality. I mean, this is one of these guys struggles with uh, heterosexual addiction, but it's still a, a need to be known. It's that these guys want their dads to know who they are and to feel like they're somehow okay with their dad and that their dad sees them as an okay person. And what I hear you kind of saying in that is there's a there's a need to be embraced. Sure. And, and and I'm not talking about just like a like a hug or physical embrace, but just for a a son to feel like, okay. Dad embraces all of me, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, it's like, because I think, don't you think what causes some of these issues is there's this this feeling of distance, detachment, this massive chasm between him and his father that, from the kid's perspective, certainly has no idea how you would close that gap. Right. And probably has tried some things, maybe acting out in some certain ways, maybe, you know, doing... Uh, foolish, stupid things to even get in trouble to get attention, and so there's, but but the father should be the one that is taking responsibility and taking the initiative to close that gap. Don't you believe? Sure, sure. And the father needs to, you know, at least grab onto the idea and and really perhaps even think back on his own childhood as to what did he really want from his dad. And most dads can say, and most sons can say. What they wanted from their dads is love. 
and love and acceptance. You know, those those two things that say there's absolutely nothing about you that I don't love. I may not like everything you do, but I love you unconditionally, and you're accepted unconditionally as well. So some of this could be just generational patterns. Sure, sure, most definitely. I think one of the things that is definitely a key is the generational issue that sometimes comes up, which is sons aren't allowed to show emotion in the family. You better dry it up, right? You better you better quit crying, or I'm going to give you something to cry about. Right. You know those things that happen sometimes and come out of a dad's mouth when he's angry, uh, and sometimes he doesn't have to be angry. Sometimes he just can feel uncomfortable that his son is crying and just tells him not to cry. And you know, of course, you you know, I think you know our, our first reaction is, oh, but I don't want my son to walk around, you know, with his what's the old phrase, feelings on the end of his sleeves all the time, right? But he does need some sort of acknowledgement that your emotions are important to me. Well, you know, confessional time here because, you know, one of the things I like about doing this radio program is, see, you listeners, you actually think that we do this radio program for you guys. But really, I have Lee and Steve come in here all the time because I need a lot of help. I need a lot of help in my parenting and becoming a better man. And so as you're saying that, I'm thinking about my own son, Ethan, who is uh, he's seven years old. And this is a kid who he... He knows how to express himself very loudly. And I remember when, when, our, when we first had our, started having our kids, and Elaine and I, one of the things I said that I really wanted to hold as a value in our home was that I wanted my children to always be free to express themselves and express their emotions freely. It's funny how as they get older and their vocal cords get louder, that sometimes when you mentioned dad may not even be angry, but something might make him feel uncomfortable. And I realized that's some, that's some of the trouble I even have in my own home is that just this, this kid that's just, uh, sometimes I think the, the, the red and the blue wire hit each other every now and then in his brain. And there's just like this explosion of, ah, you know, and I'm thinking what caused that? And I'm kind of going, and he can keep doing that. And it's just like, Sometimes it's just out of sheer joy that he's expressing. Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's, you know, sorrow or whatever. But just the expression just erupts out of him. And I'm realizing just through what you're saying, you know, my reaction to that is going to play a huge role in his life on how he's going to learn um, how to express his emotions and whether it's a safe place to express his emotions or whether he's oh got to start shutting it down because I'm around dad. Right. And I think it's important, you know, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. You know, it's it, he will require training in that loudness, mm-hmm. but to allow him to feel okay about sharing that emotion regardless of what package it comes in. Right. And, you know, trying to help him understand, you know, I think crying is one of the biggies, but I think it's also helping a son learn how to express his own fear, too. Because a lot of times we don't like feeling afraid, and we don't want our sons to see that we're afraid, and so therefore we don't want them to show fear to us either. And sometimes what that can show is, is what what that kind of demonstrates to a kid is that I'm really not ever supposed to be afraid. Mm -hmm. And so if I am, I'm just not supposed to, to tell anybody about it. And so then there's that emotion that never gets dealt with. There's that thing that's kind of hidden away that never gets dealt with, whether it's I'm afraid I'm not quite living up to what I should be, whether it's I'm afraid I'm never going to have friends, whether it's I'm afraid I'm going to be this weirdo all my life or I'm never going to have, 
you know, a girlfriend or I'm never going to be okay in my circle of friends. I mean, any of those fears that they just don't bring to us because they've already gotten the hidden message that fear is not okay to talk about here. And, you know, that's probably a huge one that's going to hit on a lot of nerves of the people that are listening because I think that is one that uh, creates a lot of confusion in a young child is because as these fears come up, if they've tried to express them to their parents and the parents who are obviously looking at the situation through an adult's grid. Exactly. A lot of the things that that, um, that hit the tripwire of our kids' fears to us as an adult are no big deal, right? Sure. And so if we're saying to our kids, oh, get over it, that's no big deal, we got to remember that's a child's perspective that's looking at whatever that thing is that caused this fear in them and whether and and we may look at it as from an adult's perspective and say that's silly that's stupid it's not that big a deal and what we've just done is we've just shut that kid down we've tucked something else away where they say i can't bring my fears well, what's going to happen when those become adult size fears or, or adolescent size fears sure. they've already learned i don't bring my silly stupid fears to my parents. Sure, because they're not going to want to hear them. And they're going to only see it as, oh, you know, quit quit making such a big deal out of it. You know, yeah, we can see, you know, being afraid of the dark, which I don't mind saying. There were some things that went bump in my house in the middle of the night <laughs> when I was asleep in the middle of the dark. And when it was dark and I thought, wow, I could be real scared of this thing. But you take that in adolescence and then you've got this fear of, am I going to really ever be an okay guy? Yeah. You know, do I fit in here? But I can't go talk to dad about that because he's just going to go, ah, who cares? Or let's bring up the word masturbation. You know, sometimes that's a scary thing. You know, it, it, you know, even that first uh, uh, nocturnal emission, the wet dream at night. It's mm -hmm. like, what what just happened here? And guys are like, I, I don't know, and I can't really talk to anybody about it. I've had, you know, time after time in counseling where guys have told me, they spent most of their adolescence in fear that something was crazy wrong with them because of their sexuality. Mm. And so you've got this issue going on that I must be something weird and I don't know who to talk to about it. Yeah. And yeah, and that's just uh, and what we want to do here in this broadcast again is we want to help dads understand how to not only uh, relate better with their sons um, as they're growing up, but also to help train them in these transitional periods because I think there are and we're going to get to this I think there are some key things that a dad needs to take the initiative to instill in his son so that when the son gets to these certain um, you know watershed moments in his life he's going to say oh you know what dad has that's what dad was talking about when he talked about you know either being a chip off the old block or that's what dad was talking about when he said you're going to make it you're going to be a man you're going to you're, you're going to get through this and and sometimes those words have never been spoken to a kid so when he hits those moments he's kind of left to his own wisdom his own devices his own reasoning to be able to try to come up with solutions and you know when we get these guys who eventually come to our ministry or when you get them and they come to your ministry they've we see what happened when they were left to their own devices sure. to try to figure these very difficult things out. Most definitely. I like to say that Satan is a, is a, a being of question marks. He loves to leave question marks. Yeah. And either he'll answer them or we'll get the truth. And if you've got a bunch of adolescent boys running around with question marks and there's not any truth to answer those question marks, they'll come up with answers on their own. But they may not be the answers that lead them down the right path. 
So what do dads need to do then? Let's take let's help some of these dads. What what needs to be some of the key things that are instilled from a father into his son in order to help him kind of get through this terrain of adolescence and grow into manhood? Well, I think one of the biggest fears that most guys struggle with is fear of what, am I going to live up to what dad sees in me? Am I going to live up to his expectations? It's almost like uh, it, it turns later into the bigger fear of fear of failure. Have I failed somehow? Um, you know, and, and kind of getting that feedback from dad. It's not something that a son will know how to go get from dad, but it's something that, that dad needs to give the son as a gift that says, you know, you meet my expectations. Well, and you know what? I, it's interesting because I've I've asked myself this question and I've asked the other guys this question. What would be the greatest statement that you would ever want to hear from your father. And it's interesting because as I've polled different guys, and even as I've asked myself that question, it's actually not, I love you, son. It's, I'm proud of you. Sure. And it's interesting. You know, a lot of women will not get that. Exactly. Girls won't get that because they're like, no, I want my dad to say he loves me. Right. But for guys, it's something about saying, you know, you did it. You made it. I'm proud of you. You you are getting my approval, and that's different than than love. We there's almost like in in us as kids, even as a young boy, there's kind of this expectation. Yeah, my parents should love me, but there's this other little component in a boy that says, "But I, what I'm really searching for in dad is for him to give me the thumbs up sign." Exactly. To say you did it, man. I'm proud of you. Right. You've done it. You've met the the expectation. You've you've completed this this specific time in your life and I am proud of you. I'm proud of who you are. It leads on in my opinion, it leads on to the guy feeling a greater respect and self-respect later because when dad says I'm proud of you, it's almost like he's saying, you know, as you enter into this rite of passage towards manhood, I respect you as a man. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great message to send. And that's important for dads to hear because you need to be looking for opportunities all along the way. Any moment that is a key moment in which you can say to your son, hey, man, you did it. Pat him on the back. I'm proud of you. I don't care if he just, um, you know, was able to run around all the bases. He did it. He accomplished something. Exactly. He, he met a goal. I mean, go ahead and and praise him for that and really encourage him and, and give him the thumbs up. I don't think a father can ever do that too much. You know, some dads have this delusional thought that says, I don't want to tell him he's doing great all the time because then I don't want to, you know, I don't want him to just set the bar too low. Sure, spoil him. or Yeah, and I'm thinking, so then you don't tell him at all? Right. Or like once a year or something? I mean, and I really don't think that message can be said too much to a child. Sure. When, when, there, are, when there are real goals met. Right. I mean, like, you know, a, a kid bringing the spoon of Apple Jacks to his mouth and eating it. Go, oh, I'm so proud of you. I mean, maybe if they're six months old. Sure. <laughs> but sure. like, you know, a 10 year old. Uh, come on, let's right. keep it realistic in terms of what you're saying you're proud of in your right. in your son, because otherwise it will cheapen the message. Right. But when it's legitimate, I don't think you can ever say it enough. Right. And and the kind of the more subtle uh kind of counterpart to that is is the the father who you know may never say i'm proud of you or may say i'm proud of you occasionally but also tends to point out a lot of the negative in his son don't do this mm -hmm. quit doing that 
you're not doing that right or takes uh you know, I, I think about a time when I was growing up and uh, my dad and I were working on something together and he just kind of took the pliers out of my hand and said, oh, never mind, you're not doing it right. And that kind of just says you're not quite measuring up here. And when I kind of shared that story, guys will come up to me afterwards and say, man, that always happened to me. I'd be doing something if I wasn't doing it fast enough or I wasn't doing it right enough or I wasn't doing it with as much accuracy as my dad wanted, he'd just come up and take it out of my hand and, and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that thing of saying, subtly, I don't think you're doing it right, and I'm not proud of you. It doesn't have to be the outright, I'm just not proud of you. Verbally, it may just be the nonverbal cues to say, I'm not proud of you. And so I guess some of these questions that a dad needs to be thinking of that are actually going through a child's head, through his son's head, are questions like, am I okay? Uh, do I matter? Are you proud? I mean, these are these are the sorts of questions that are kind of on a loop in a young boy's mind. And so I think it's important for the fathers listening to to kind of take an inventory every now and then say, wait a second. OK, have I have I responded to these maybe unspoken questions from my son? Have I told him, you know, hey, you're OK. You're right. going to make it. Cause, and, it's, and I think some of the the key moments for, for uh, talking about that is when a when a child comes home and let's say it's his first experience in gym class and he's changed clothes with these other boys in the class and it's and and you know being able to if he comes home that day and all of a sudden he's particularly quiet and he's particularly kind of uh trying to just kind of be a wallflower then it might be an opportunity for you to hear the unspoken question of man am I okay because sure. I just saw myself as compared to a lot of these other kids, and I don't know what to think. And just for a dad to come up and be able to kind of intuitively be in tune with a kid that's usually real talkative, and then all of a sudden he st- he one day he comes home after his first day in gym class and he's not talking, to say, okay, trigger, right? let me go over there, put my arm around him and say, hey, you know what, I think you're great. Right. I think you're okay. You want to talk about what happened today? Exactly. And I think the amazing thing about that is, is if you really think about it, I mean, and I'm, I'm posing this question to all the dads sitting out there, well, and guys in general, think back on your own childhood. When were the moments in your life when you thought, mm, man, maybe I'm not living up to something right here. Maybe I don't compete. Maybe I just, what was the last one chosen on the, the soccer team out on the playground? Maybe I was the guy in the in the uh, locker room, and I'm changing in front of all these guys, and I'm thinking, man, I don't look like these guys. I'm not measuring up to these guys. Maybe it was with girls. Maybe I wasn't the one who didn't doesn't have dates, or nobody's asking me to go places, or I'm afraid to ask them to go places. You know, think about those times, and just think about what would have helped at that moment. Mm-hmm. Most of the time what I hear is it would have helped to have Dad come alongside me, put his arm around me, and say, hey, you know what? You're just like me. You're a good guy and you're a good boy. And I had some issues too when I was growing up. But don't worry. You'll get over those. You're a chip off the old block. You'll be just like me. You know, because guess what? Most sons want to be just like their dads. And if they're already to that place where they don't want to be just like their dad, where they've already kind of rejected him, I still think they'd like to hear that you're a good boy mm-hmm. and you're a son. You're not some weirdo. You're not broken. You're a good son. Because that ends up, unfortunately, affecting their sexuality later on in life as well. 
And usually that has to do with, in my opinion, it has to be to do with a dad who's already uncomfortable about his own sexuality and is who he is as a man. And so he's uncomfortable knowing quite how to pass that legacy on to his son about accepting who he is as a man and his masculinity and his and just how he handles his sexuality. Yeah. And some of the things you're saying there make me realize, OK, um, this this means we got to step it up as dads. You know, there is to to be able to even come to your son and say, hey, you know what? You're a chip off the old block. You're going to be just like me. Then you got to turn and look in the mirror and say, do I want him to be just like me? Right. Is it safe to be like and, that? Yeah. <laughs> and the, so it's kind of uh, this thing of parenting. It's not simply like taking information and trying to stuff it into your son's being. It's actually taking your life. And the model and the example and the day in and the day out of what you are showing your son and instilling that in him. And that that creates a higher call, really, for us as dads because we realize we have a much um, more profound job than simply putting food on the table and buying shoes when he runs out of shoes and just, you know, saying, uh, you know, Go score a touchdown. Sure. And and right now I want to say something. I don't want all the dads out there listening and if they're driving to swerve off the road and bury their head in their hands and sob right now because they're not <laughs> making it, you know, they're not they're not upholding this level that we're calling them to. What I want to say there is that we're not going to uphold it every time. But that a real man knows when to say I'm sorry, son, or mm-hmm. I'm not quite doing it in the right way, son. Or, you know what, I, I, you just need to know I'm not perfect, but I want to be. I want to be better for you. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. Those things. Because humility is a great example that you can pass on to your kids. Well, and that's why I think, that's why I mentioned the modeling aspect. Because to, to, truly, to model true manhood to your son is going to show him what seeking forgiveness looks like, what apologizing looks like, what humility looks like what uh, putting others' needs above your own looks like, what sacrifice looks like. I mean, to to love his mother like Christ loved the church is a great model for him exactly. to see what real manhood is like. And so it's not just, uh, again, I'm with you. I don't, want, I don't want people to think, yeah, okay, dad's on the pedestal. The son's perpetually trying to measure up right. to dad's image. Well, no, no, no. We're both cut from the same cloth of humanity, the difference is, and this is what I try to, to, to remind myself as well as teach parents, is the difference is we're just ahead of our children in right. life, and we've been given the charge of responsibility of training them. Other than that, guess what? We're exactly alike in our need, in our humanity, in our brokenness, in our sin. And so therefore, to be able to just be ahead of your son in life and model for him what godly manhood looks like is going to require confessing your sins and forgiveness and all those sorts of things. Sure. And being real with your son. And I and I know we're running out of time, but I and we'll talk maybe more about it on another show, but I think finally I want to say and and since we are pure sex radio, I want to say okay dads, how do you talk to your sons about sex? Mm-hmm. And what questions and and what um what ideas have you portrayed to your son about what sex is all about? You know, uh, most of the guys I work with, and I say most because I would say almost all of them have said at some point or the other, either they felt that dad was uncomfortable about his own sexuality or he never even brought up the subject or that they don't even remember him being able to hug and kiss them. 
because of fear of that whole sexuality boundary there. And so when you start looking at all those things, that passes on another message to your son is that, you know, masculine male sexuality is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So watch out for it. But I won't tell you anything about it. I'll kind of, you stay in the dark and because I was in the dark and, you know, I don't want to talk about it because I'm, I'm too, too nervous by the whole subject. And this is where I think it's so important that as dads, we never diminish the standard that God has set for our sexuality, that there not even be a hint of sexual immorality among God's people. But at the same time, we speak honestly and frankly about the sexual desires that are just part of malehood. Exactly. You know, part of being a man. And, and so it's important. Our talking about sexual desires just as they are does not diminish the standard. In other words, Dad is seeking to uphold this standard the same way he's wanting you to uphold the standard, son. And so it's like, Dad falls short too, and I'm I'm striving as well. But I want to show you some of the key things that you're going to have to realize as you work out these sexual feelings and so that you can meet the standard. Right. And just because uh, I don't understand everything about sexuality doesn't mean that I can't talk to you about it. And we can't work this thing out together. And I mean, even in their own sexual, passing down your son's sexual identity to him, mm -hmm. which is saying you're a chip off the old block, even in sexuality. I affirm in you who you are as a male and as a sexual being as a male. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain in my life and my heart